Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome back to Ismo Quarantine though, the, se the season two of Ismo Muslim though. Today we have your favorite TikToker, Imran Ye on the podcast. Um, Imran is a full-time software engineer, founder of the Hasanat House, which has made a lot of really cool websites, some that I use uh, frequently as well. We'll get more into that. He's also really popular on Twitter and TikTok. Imran, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how the pandemic's really been hitting you? Yeah, hey, assalamu alaikum, guys. Uh, my name is Imran. Um, I, that was an amazing intro, by the way. <laughs> I, I classify myself as kind of just an artist, um, and my art takes on many forms. As of more recently, the last six months, it has been heavy into TikTok, and I kind of blew up there, went viral, had a big moment, um, and then just kind of had some sustained growth from there. But it's, uh, it's always kind of just been one of the things I do. Mm -hmm. um and so you know a lot of my main focus is obviously like you said i have a full-time job um, i'm running you know hasanat house you know which is like this greater vision of you know really innovating in the space of like the internet for muslims i think that like you know there's a lot lagging uh, in terms of uh, muslims online and kind of the resources that we have access to a lot of it's poorly formatted uh, and stuff like that so you know we're tackling those things you know one at a time very slowly um, and so, yeah, so I guess in regards to quarantine, this has been an amazing time for me because, you know, alhamdulillah, I'm so grateful to still have a job. Uh, you know, I'm back home in New York in my childhood bedroom, <laughs> enjoying, <laughs> enjoying some home cooked meals, you know, three times a nice. day. You know, it's a huge blessing. And I just have so much time to work on, you know, some side projects, you know, the things that really make me happy. You know, my commute time is pretty much zero at this point. Um, and yeah, so it's been it's been amazing so far. I kind of wanted to go on longer. Like if this went till September, I think I'd be, you know, where I want to be, you know. Mm -hmm. So so you're still able to you're working from home for your full time job right now, though. Correct. And because, you know, I live in the Bay Area, of California, mainly. Mm -hmm. um, but I came back to New York. So I kind of had this advantage, like I'm a morning person. So you know, I don't really start working until 1 p.m. EST because that's around the time my team in California gets online. Um, oh, wow, so I okay. really have like Fajr to to myself, you know what I mean? And it's been the most amazing thing uh, because, you know, I'm a morning person and I feel like I'm not really losing that time to commuting or like getting ready and stuff like that. So it's been it's been really amazing so far. That's really awesome. You know, I'm not much of a morning person, but like today after Fajr, I got up and I was like, okay, I need to start working out again. I've been like putting on some weight since the quarantine started. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go for a run. And then after that run, I just got a bunch done. Like I responded to a bunch of emails, like for a lot of like, you know, secondary projects and stuff. And I just felt like so good. But I was like, I wonder how long I can sustain this, like just not going back to sleep after Fudger, just because there is like that good chunk of time where, you know, you got to yourself and you can get a lot done. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean to like sit here and preach, but, you know, I'm sure a scholar could tell you better, but like the most kind of in like your day is going to be after Fajr, right? Like Fajr to the hook. And like, it, it sucks to get into that routine, but like once you get into it, like it's amazing. You know, like, I don't know, like you messaged me last night at like maybe 10, 15 or something. I was already mm -hmm. asleep, <laughs> you know, like to give, to give everyone kind of like some, some context about my schedule. Like I'm in bed 9.30, 10, 10.30 at the latest and I'm up 6 a.m. You know, just because you know, I'm, I'm very surprised that you're popular on Twitter then because that's like that's like prime Twitter time, right? 10 p.m. to like 3 a.m. That's when everyone's pop. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a lot of that I attribute a lot of that to I mean, uh, I scheduled a lot of my tweets mm. uh, early. Uh, let's just go into Twitter, actually. Like I guess early on <laughs> on Twitter, the way I grew is just the same way you grow anything, which is like doing things that don't scale. Mm -hmm. um, so early on that was interacting with everyone who interacted with my tweets, whether that means like it or comment, you know, respond to it. 
literally everything like yeah um every single person would get at least a like if not a reply you know even if it was just like you know a laugh emoji um and that's just like you know those are just like the principles of growing anything right like you have to do things that don't scale in the beginning and then things eventually take off Mm -hmm. so so for twitter and tiktok which of those like kind of went big for you first or was it like one went big and because one went big the other went big so, I mean, Twitter is still kind of my home. It's still the social media that I use the most. Uh, it's still the biggest vice in my life, <laughs> if I will say. <laughs> I totally uh, feel you on that. Yeah. And the, the thing about growing on Twitter is that there is no, I mean, obviously Twitter has their algorithm to recommend content to you. Um, but there is no, like, there's no, I mean, TikTok just, just blows your content up organically. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you have the right people interacting with you. Yeah. Um, and so you know, the, the difference between Twitter and TikTok was not necessarily the content. I mean, obviously the content, but more about like the time it took for me to figure out the algorithm. Right. So, or at least what we thought was like the quote unquote algorithm, like at least with Twitter, I know like it took me a good, I mean, this account that I'm on with, I think I'm at like 18,000 followers or whatever, Uh, this account that I'm on, this is my fifth Twitter account. Right. So I made this one like 18 months ago. I started over um, and just grew it from scratch, right? So it took it took a lot of it took a lot of time. You know, it took what five accounts to get to where I am now. <laughs> Whereas with TikTok, I think my fifth or sixth TikTok like blew up. Do you, um, do you think that um, like when you say you had to like make new accounts, was that because like at a certain point you felt like an account just wasn't growing and it wasn't gonna grow because it'd been so long, so you just needed to start a new one? Um, I I guess for context, I I like to I really like the movie Forrest Gump. And there's a scene in the movie where Forrest Gump just decides to stop running. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he just stops. Like, and everyone's like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. But anyway, they're like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Like, you can't just stop running. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm done, right? Uh, I think I've had a lot of moments like that in my life where I've just been able to just be like, yeah, I'm done. Um, so I guess you can you can tell I've quit Twitter a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> and then even now, I mean, before I blew up on TikTok, so a lot of people don't know, like, you know, the, the the part where I blew up on TikTok was like the whole Imam TikTok series, right? Of me just like Yeah, that's actually how I discovered you. Like I saw those, you know, on my for you and then I just went to your account, just like watched them all, down, like shared them a bunch to like my wife, like my friends and stuff and just like were cracking up and then I found you on Twitter and just started following you there as well. Which is crazy because I knew about this podcast way <laughs> before that. I knew about it when Khalil was on it. So <laughs> Yeah, like a small role because like I, I reached out for the audience, I reached out to Amran and he was like Oh hey, I know about your podcast. Like my friend was on it. I was like, wait, wait, wait. only people I really know have been on season one. Like close. And I was like, yeah, we have like a mutual friend who had like moved to the Bay Area, and I think ended up rooming with you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a small world, right? All Muslims know each other. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what, were, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Just blowing up on Twitter and TikTok. Yeah. So I had quit social media for twenty days before I blew up on TikTok and Twitter. Oh. Yeah. So I was at around twelve thousand followers on Twitter. I was at like 2,000 followers on TikTok and I had just went, I cut cold turkey on all social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I was visiting New York, you know, I really just wanted to be very present, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to spend more time with the family. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I was like, you know what, I'm done with social media, like alhamdulillah, I have a good job, like I'm, you know, I'm, work, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. And so I just deleted, like deactivated the accounts um, completely. Uh, and then I guess t- towards the end of my trip, I just got super bored when I was back in Albany. 
uh, Albany's a city in New York where I'm from. I got super bored when I was back here in Albany, and I was like, you know what? Let me let me just reinstall social media, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I got nothing better to do. Um, so I reinstalled it, and then I made it one TikTok. They got like you know twenty thousand, thirty thousand views. Um, and then once I went back to New York, um, you know, having reflected on like what I really wanted to do, I thought at the time that like I really wanted to go hard on YouTube. Um, and so with that, I started, you know, I sat down, I wrote down a bunch of YouTube ideas and there's a couple of YouTube channels that I really like. I mean, like I grew up, I grew up, like I went to an inner city school. I mean, I still lived in the, you know, kind of in the suburbs, but my school was in the, you know, the inner city mm-hmm. and I grew up around that kind of, uh, you know, that more of like the, the inner city style of humor, yeah. uh, which is like roasting people, you know, like just, you know, like just calling people like stupid names and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and, and so I followed a lot of like comedy channels on YouTube like that. And so I liked that kind of format. It was like a four minute, like kind of skit style video. Uh, it was, it was funny, you know what I mean? And it was very relatable. And so I decided, you know, I was writing just, I was just going hard. I had maybe 50 video ideas written down. And one of them was called the Imam that tries too hard to be relatable. <laughs> And so I started writing, I started scripting out the YouTube video and I only had three written down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I need more content than this. And then I was thinking back to, I guess, you know, I was thinking about TikTok. I think about my friends who kind of blew up on TikTok, like, you know, uh, like Khalil's brother and like some of my friends here from Albany uh, who were yeah. blown up. And I was like, you know, well, this isn't long enough to be a YouTube video. Let me just try it on TikTok. Um, and so, you know, I turned on my multicolored, you know, life X light bulb and my ring light that I had bought for YouTube. Uh, which I think is somehow everyone who makes a TikTok has a multicolored light somewhere in their room. Like if you don't have one, your TikTok's not taking off somehow. Exactly. And part of that, and especially the ring light, and part of that is that TikTok actually, TikTok's algorithm prefers like well lit videos mm-hmm. because people are watching these videos at night, they're watching it in the dark, right? Um, yeah. And so, like with the brightness low. So if the brightness on your video, I guess that they found there was more engagement. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's a rumor, but it's just something I've noticed. Um, also, and well, the videos just look better as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, who knows? Your video might be seen a million times. Don't you want to look the best you can, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's where I started. I mean, I did one. I did the first one. I was only going to do one. And uh, it immediately, I, I, what I used to do with TikTok is, like, I, I would put it up on tw- TikTok and I'd put it up on Twitter. And then, and then, like, only one of them kind of popped off, right? Like, one or the other. Yeah. And this was the first scenario where I saw it was popping off on both. Um, and then I checked my mentions, and someone had made one very, like, soon after they had made one just like mine. So, like, I quickly made two more because I was like, yo, people are coming to my page and looking for more of these. So I finished. Yeah, so you saw that people were like wanting this and other people were going to take it on as well. Exactly. And I mean, like, you know, TikTok, especially these kids literally just eat up the content, right? Mm-hmm. Eat it up. I mean, that app is so well designed from like a user retention perspective that like the average session on TikTok is like 60 to 90 minutes, right? Someone gets mm-hmm. on it, they're on it and they're scrolling and they're getting wild. those dopamine hits, right? <laughs> and, and so they're, you know, they're looking for, they just keep looking and looking and they're so thirsty for content. And that's why people actually think that like, you know, the numbers on TikTok are inflated. I don't think the numbers are inflated. I think a lot of people are just addicted. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's, there's no inflation with the numbers and, and, and the videos auto loop too, right? So mm-hmm. somebody comes to my page, they watch one, it goes to the next one, goes to the next one, goes to the next one. And so I just kept milking it uh, for as long as people kept copying me. Uh, which was a good month, month and a half. Um, and it just it just spiraled out of nowhere. I mean, I heard like 
people like Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jungdo, like watch them and like uh, just crazy stuff. Like, you know, like it's You're like, this is not how my first impression wanted to be, but let's do this. Listen, I mean, you know, one of the the best things about being Muslim is that it's like a hack to networking, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like you can pull up to any meshes in the United States and you know, you go you go there for like five Maghribs or five Irshas, right? You're gonna shake hands with somebody and somebody's gonna introduce themselves to you, even if you're shy. You know what I mean? Because it's like, at least you guys are both Muslim, right? So, yeah. and that was honestly the main reason I was on social media in the first place was just for the networking. So this was like such a fast track to get me into the, you know, those, get me, get into conversations with some of those people who I admired and wanted to learn from. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, what's interesting is that going viral, those first three videos, those were like my biggest videos at the time. Um, those only really got me, I say only, but they really got me like my first 20,000, 18 to 20,000 subscri- uh, followers on TikTok. Mm. Uh, I'm not close to 60K now. I don't know. I haven't checked in a couple of days. I've been like trying to detox, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm almost at 60K now. And uh, a lot of it came from like people come for that one thing and then they stay for your other content. So you got to really switch it up and follow it up and stuff like that. So that's kind of the story about how that happened. I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think what's really interesting is that that content, like, it's very something. It's something that's always like been around. Like, oh yeah, you know, the youth director who's like trying to be relatable and stuff, and everyone always has their own take. But I think what you really got, like, the nail on the head with it is the whole kind of I think mannerisms. Um, I think that's something that me and my like wife really like laughed about, or like was really something that we kept going through more and more. But just the way that like you were saying it, with like the hand movements and everything. Um, I think that was like really what like popped off and like pe- people really like because I saw some of the other people who were trying to like replicate it and just didn't have that like same hit right because it was like some you knew that when you're watching like one of your TikToks it was like oh this person has obviously been to like multiple youth events where he's seen imams all talk like the same way and it's like so relatable in that sense yeah and it's it's really reflective of a greater issue in the ummah right which is like the people who are making the content that the Muslim youth are consuming are not the people who hang out in those circles in the masjid, right? Like, yeah. like I mean, I, w- I used to be, I was a weekend school teacher for the masjid for four to five years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm always in the masjid. Like, that's my identity, right? Like, if people ask me, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm, f- like, like, you know, what are you? Like, I identify as Muslim before I identify as, like, Indian or anything like that. Because it's, like, it is my identity, right? And, like, I think that's the thing that gave me the edge is just that, like, one, obviously I was comfortable with being a fool on camera because I've been doing it on Twitter all the time anyway. Yeah. Like, early on in Twitter, like, I mean, I, before I was, like, viral for, like, eating fruit with, like, the shells on. <laughs> and, and, like, or with the skin on or whatever. Like, there's a video of me eating a pineapple somewhere on Twitter, like, like just fighting <laughs> into it, like... Like y'all, y'all eat the, take the shell off the pineapple or no, you know, stuff like that. So like I was used to, you know, there was a lot that led up to it, right? Like I was used mm-hmm. to being a fool on camera. Um, I was, I mean, I love the message. I'm always there. I'm always trying to, you know, trying to benefit and learn from all the people there and all the resources. And so like, it just, it just, just it was a culmination of all of that. Like it was really only a matter of time until I found that like one thing, you know? Yeah. And I think what really, you know, separates is, you know, having been through a lot of TikToks of that, like, like Muslim, quote unquote, like the Muslim TikTok scene, like 90% of them, like, do you remember that like famous, like uh video from Pakistan that came out, like, I think it was last year, the year before where they're like, like, you know, like, that's like my perception for like half of Muslim TikTok, but like yours were like, it's fine. Like I can share that to like my mom and she'd laugh and it'd be okay. Whereas like a lot of Muslim TikTok, I was like, uh, 
yeah. right, nah. <laughs> it's it, a lot of it's on the very questionable side. It's kind of why I was facing, you know, trying to move away from that a little bit. But I mean, here's the thing: it's like, like you have a lot of famous TikTokers who are Muslim who have like these huge platforms, and and even I struggle with this too now. It's like I, I don't know what's appropriate. Like I blew mm-hmm. up on Twitter early on with like some very some very like inappropriate content that I would never put out again. And I don't ever want to do that again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it took yeah. me a very long time of like, you know, cause there was a period in my life like where I wasn't very active in the meshes and like, you know, I wasn't really in those circles and I wasn't really as practicing and everything. So, you know, as I was transitioning, I started learning what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Started, you know, listening to feedback from people about like, Hey, like you can't make content like this. And then mm-hmm. slowly and slowly and slowly I got back to my roots and I understood that like, there's an avenue to be funny without, you know, sacrificing your morals. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the things is like, well, you just said, like you took that feedback and stuff. You see a lot of these people who like, once they get a little bit of clout and like, they start getting like feedback or like, Hey, like advice, like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. They're just like, Oh man, these people are just haters. Why can't they take a joke? Like, I'm going to just keep posting content like this. And it's like, okay, you can go that route if you want, but like people are trying to give you like, you know, really good advice. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it comes from who was giving me the advice, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a big I have a big shout out to uh, Mufti MWK, uh, Mufti Mohammed Wasim Khan, based out of uh, the DFW area. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of noticed my content early on, and he was like, "Yo, like this kid has talent." You know, I don't know why he said that about me, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at least he took me under his wing a little bit and mentored me as far as what content is acceptable to put out. And then obviously my friends back home, I have a, a very close friend, Rodwan, who's very involved in the message. And, you know, he, he, I would always run content by him and be like, and even now I do this, like, hey, is this appropriate? Is this not appropriate? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been, he's been there to call me out. But other than, you know, those you know, few people in my circle, everything else is kind of noise. Yeah. Um, I think you have to know who to listen to and who not to listen to. And there was a mm-hmm. portion in my career, especially like on Twitter, where like, I wasn't listening to people I should have been listening to. And like, you know, I've learned the hard way that like, you know, there are people who when they're calling you out, it's to hate. And there are people who when they're calling you out, it's like, hey, this is actually hurting people. Um, So it's it's striking that balance. And and you know what? Striking that balance is extremely difficult as well. Right. Um, Oh, especially on Twitter where like half the people are just hating and like just want to like get into arguments and stuff. You're just like, okay. What is actual people like giving advice and what is just someone like quoting me so that his like his followers will like it and like hate on me and stuff, right? Yeah, and I'm still figuring it out. I still don't, you know, I'm still trying to navigate what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to put out on the internet. But I think mm-hmm. I think just the volume of the content I'm putting out is going down a little bit and I'm trying to focus more on the things I've always wanted to do. And it's like I almost wish everyone kind of reaches like everybody at a certain level like most people want to get quote-unquote internet famous for one reason or the other right mm-hmm. um and you know a lot of people sacrifice their morals for it uh sacrifice their religion you know what i mean and yeah we're all guilty of that even a little bit but i almost wish everyone gets to that level so that they can understand why they don't want to be there mm-hmm. you know because it's a it's such a big like it's such a big responsibility right like, yeah, that's what, like, most of the conversations I have with people who are very, like, big on the internet and stuff, it's, like, one of two things. One, a lot of them, like, just stop managing it themselves. They're just, like, it's so much. Like, there's so many people messaging, so many people applying and stuff that they obviously have someone helping them, like, just manage their social media. Or it's, like, they just become very recluse on posting anything because they know the audience that they have. So you see, like, 
in terms of like the frequency of content is like kind of dwindled just because they're scared of like, Hey, what is going to happen if I post this? Like, what is the reaction? Am I doing the most responsible thing? And so it is like a double edged sword. Yeah. I think, you know, at least where I'm at, it's a, it's a good gateway um, mm-hmm. to getting into being able to do, do more good. Um, just because like I, I now like, you know, at least a couple people in positions where they'd be able to help me like know who I am now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that be because of, you know, the TikToks or the tweets, but it's like, you know, oh, it's the Imam TikTok guy, right? But then it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, like that's just something I do. But like, you know, once that's like the kind of the, that's the way to get my foot in the door, right? Yeah. And so getting my foot in the door with a lot of people and, you know, like a lot of organizations has been a lot easier to be like, wait, this guy also does this and this and this wow, he can help us out, you know? And I think that's like the biggest benefit. Yeah, I think one of the things is you're saying that like, you know, now at this point, you're able to focus kind of on the stuff that you like to do. And with this platform, you know, you have a lot of followers, you can kind of spread some of the stuff that you do. Speaking of that, it's like Hasanat House, right? That's one of the like kind of companies you've started and like you guys do a lot of work. Tell the audience a little bit more about like the projects that you have under that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hasanat House, um, it kind of started, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I live in Silicon Valley, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so... Um, a lot of Silicon Valley is very, you know, no one really cares too much about what car you drive because everyone drives a Tesla or a Camry <laughs> or a Prius, right? It's like one of three cars. Uh, no one really cares about how expensive your house is because everyone's house is a million dollars. The difference is mm. one person's house might be $1.8 million. The next person's house might be $2.4 million, right? And in the Bay Area, that's like a 500 square foot house, right? <laughs> yeah. So I guess for context, like, you know, I work, I work like in the, the South Bay area. So like, 1.6 1.8 million gets you a four bedroom four bathroom house oh nice nice right so that's not nice at all but <laughs> you know what i mean but like you know everyone's kind of just playing the survival game every time a tech company ipos you have like 40 new millionaires um and so it's a very it's a very mission driven place and that culture kind of and obviously like you move to places to absorb that culture right and like yeah. network with those people like people move to la to learn about that, that entertainment culture and to learn about that creative culture and then, you know, become part of it. The same way, like, I mean, I took the job in Silicon Valley because it was the only job I had out of college. It was a good company. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had no complaints, you know, good team, good manager, ed- everything I could ask for was a good opportunity. And I was like, you know what, like, Allah puts people in places and right now he's putting me there, right? So, yeah, you know, I just, I went there and, you know, I kind of felt that culture of like, you know, it's not about how much money you make once you take care of your family. It's not about flexing and this and that and driving Lambos. It's about, you know, how many people have you helped or like how many people's lives have you impacted? Um, and, you know, obviously as someone who's always been in the masjid than someone who's always been Muslim, right? <laughs> as yeah. part of my identity, it's like, there's so much that can be done like for the ummah, right? And one yeah. thing my imam here in Albany said to me a couple of weeks back when I first came, I think almost a month back, he said that like the point of your job should be to gain skills and experience to then be able to help the ummah, right? The money's going to come later. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, if you're good at what you do and you, you help a lot of people, uh, you're going to make money, right? That's not the issue, right? And like at the end of the day, like, like you know, once you, once you can take care of your family, and you know you you know have like a decent car that doesn't break down on you and you have you know three or six months worth of savings like you know you care about your time more than anything and like what you're doing 
Yeah, so no, definitely agreed with that. Yeah, so I guess like this was at the end of the tail end of like the end like when things were kind of finally sizzling down with like the whole like TikTok stuff, that was around December, January. Um and then I was at Juma uh with my friend Zuhair and Zuhair is the founder of this company called or co-founder of this company called Levels. Um they do salary data for software engineers. Um and mashallah he's very involved in the masjid he has his own business and it's like it's nothing you know he doesn't live an extravagant life he's an amazing example for someone like me and an amazing mentor and friend right because he he lives you know below his means he's doing something that he cares about he's also very involved in the masjid um and he's always building stuff for the community right he's always launching different websites and products and stuff like that so we were just we we got we were uh this was really bad actually i had this idea mid salat al-jumrah so probably my jumrah <laughs> didn't count that day uh, but the idea was like yo like why don't i just like i was like yo like i was thinking you know towards the end of salat i was like yo i need to learn more du'as right i was like after mm-hmm. i finished like the tashahud and everything i was like that's it like that's all i got in the in the in the stash you know what i'm saying like i need to learn some more you know what i'm saying like yeah come on bro i'm trying to enhance my level of worship you know like <laughs> like how am i supposed to ask allah for stuff if i don't know what to ask him for Right. So I was like, yo, like I should, you know, I should. And the way my brain thinks is like, well, if I need this, right, you have to build the stuff that you want. Because like at the end of the day, we're not people are not unique. Right. Like if I want something, there's a very good chance there's at least a thousand or ten thousand other people who want it. And I just wanted a way to learn du'as and I wanted some free hasanat. Right. So I was like, I was like, yo, what if I just start a newsletter where we just send people du'as every single day? That's it. And I was like, and so, you know, I was getting lunch with Zuhair after Jumrah. And I was like, bro, let's just call it like Doha daily. And he was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And and the speed at which this kid executes and a lot of people in Silicon Valley <laughs> executes is actually like crazy, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like making websites and apps and everything, these are all tools, right? And they shouldn't slow you down. So mm-hmm. he was like, all right, so just launch it now. And I'm like, what do you mean launch now? I was like, yeah, like make the website. So after we ate, we went to this coffee shop. Uh, and then, you know, I made the landing page, you know, the webpage, doidaily.fyi. And then I made, you know, it had like an email opt-in. It literally just said like, get a new Dorai delivered to your inbox daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just set that up. I didn't set up the email marketing like program or anything. I literally just did that and I tweeted it. So nothing was set up. Not a single Dorai was copied and pasted. Not a single <laughs> email was scheduled at all. Literally nothing was done. Literally it's just a website with a part that says put your email and subscribe, right? Yeah. And within the first 24 hours, I set a goal. I said, look, I want to get 100 people to sign up for this. Like, that would be amazing. Mind you, I'm at, you know, I was at like, you know, 17,000 Twitter followers at the time or 18,000 or yeah, around there. And, you know, you know, 40,000 TikTok followers. But I was just so excited at the, like, the opportunity to get at least 100 people to just put their email in a little box and hit subscribe, right? Yeah. Because that's the type of stuff that really excites me more than this like whole like internet stuff. So we did that and I literally like no paid advertising, nothing at all, literally just put it out, tweeted it. And then people just started retweeting it. People loved it. People started giving me feedback. Um, and then the weekend goes by, it's Monday. And I was like, well, I just, you know, I think we hit 500, no, we hit 700 subscribers. And I was like, wow, I have 700 email subscribers who are expecting an email Monday morning. I didn't write a single one. Right. <laughs> right? So it was like, oh, well. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a weird feeling. So, uh, from there I quickly, quickly just was like, okay, well, I know I remember from way back in my, 
you know, e-commerce days that like, you know, MailChimp, you know, is what we use for internet mm-hmm. marketing. So I quickly set it up and started sending out emails. In the beginning, it was a super manual process. Like I would copy and paste the eyes, like, like, you know, I have to like manually hit the send button every morning. And then slowly, slowly we've been learning and learning and learning. Now we have yeah, I remember, up, you know, like automation and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like going back in our Twitter messages, the first message I ever sent to Imran was about Dua Daily. Because like I had seen when you tweeted about it and I like signed up. But I think originally you guys had, well, when you first you just had email and then you added a Facebook Messenger option. And so I had actually started with that. And then like after a while, like I didn't get anything on Facebook Messenger. So like I DM'd Imran. I was like, hey, you seem to be awake right now because you had actually followed me. I don't know why like you had found me, but like you had followed me. So literally after you followed me, I like DM'd you. I was like, yo, is Dua Daily broken or something? Bro, it's broken. <laughs> and you're like, it's broken so many times. And I mean, I think... <laughs> And I think it's like, I've been very transparent about when it breaks too, right? Like Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. um, like we were using this thing called ManyChat. And just, I guess to summarize for people who, you know, don't, maybe not, don't know too much about the marketing world, but like, it doesn't like, the way we have it set up now is that you sign up, you start with Dua, number one, number two, number three, like that, right? It's called a drip campaign. Um, so, you know, you, you'd go through the email sequence. There is mm-hmm. no way, at least that I could figure out to set that up in many chat which is like the platform that we use for facebook messenger yeah and so like i cannot manually like send out like this person gets uh email this person gets message one this person gets message two like i can't do that every single day and at the same time facebook had changed their policies around like messenger and what's allowed um so i was like you know what like you gotta learn when to say no and so i just shut it Mm. down like it only had a tenth like i will say the engagement rates and the open rates were insane but it only had like you know like one thirteenth the amount of users using it compared to email. Also, I bet you half the people opening it were just opening it to get rid of like the notif- or like mark as read and stuff. Exactly. Whereas like email, like it can kind of just be there and people don't worry about it too much. Exactly. Whereas like Messenger, they're gonna open it because it's like a red dot, and even if they might not read it, but they'll open it just to get rid of that dot and stuff. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a huge learning process. I mean, you're gonna learn more starting any. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously this isn't. I don't think of it like a business, right? But at the same time, you have to treat it like a business because at the end of the day, like. I am providing a, a product or a service to people, right? Yeah. And they're expecting it and they're entitled to it because they signed up for it, right? So it's a responsibility. Um, so yeah, once, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, and like, I think it's really fine. Like whenever you go to like the Dua Daily page, like you can subscribe and stuff. And then you also have like an option for them to like, you know, help out with like any cost that can support you. Because I think what happens, especially like within our community, is you get to that like concept of free sabilallah. Like, right? The the word is actually fi sabilallah, like, like for the sake of Allah. But people turn into like free sabilallah. Like, oh, hey, you should do this for free because it's like something to do with Islam. It's like, yeah, but there's always like costs associated with something. Like MailChimp, once you get to like, humda, you guys have sent out a lot of emails. You guys have a lot of subscribers. 100,000. Yeah, it gets really expensive. Like they ramp up the price real quick. Like the free tier is only for like 2,000 people. So like they ramp up the price really quick. And so that's like monthly cost that for a free newsletter. So it's like, you know, you guys, I'm fine with like, you know, you guys having that and stuff. It's like, I always want people to like, I encourage people like, hey, support your favorite Muslim stuff because they probably need, you know, the support. Yeah. And I think my long-term strategy and something I'm trying to implement now is I want to move off the donation model. I mean, I think it's nice to ask people for donations and people will donate. Like Muslims are super super generous and mm-hmm. we've been able to alhamdulillah i mean the 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 tier of mailchimp that i'm at right now is like almost like 200 300 a month right oh man because i'm doing so much volume like nobody yeah. is sending out like this level of email right um to make no money right because <laughs> <laughs> like if you have i mean by email marketing standards if you have a list of our list is almost at 2500 now if you have a list of 2500 people 
like a properly optimized list, you should be making 2,500 a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for MailChimp to take one tenth of that is like, okay, well that's fine. Right. Um, Because you're making 2,500 a month, but here I'm making nothing. So I was like, you know what, if I just put enough good stuff out at volume, people will donate and they've been able, and the donations have been amazing. It's been just enough to cover uh, mm-hmm. what it costs to run the newsletter. But I think long-term strategy, I'm going to take the donation link off and I'm just going to make products to sell to people because I feel like it's just a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more predictable, and I don't have to be kind of begging. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the first, I guess, product that we launched. After that, um, I launched workingwithmuslims.com, which is a uh, it's like an employer's guide to Islamic religious practices. I was at MSA West and I saw that CARE, was it CARE? Care had yeah. this. Uh, Care had this. Um, they had a booth, uh, and one of my friends was there, and he had this flyer about like you know an employer's guide to Islamic religious practices. And I looked at it, and it was just like it was. I didn't like it. I don't like the way it looked. Um, I I like tried to look at it online. It was like a PDF. It wasn't well formatted. So I literally yeah, just Islamic orgs and PDFs. <laughs> yeah. So I just copied and pasted the whole thing, threw it on the landing page, launched it. Um, and then you know because of kind of the traction we got with Dora Daily, uh, my friend Hamza Khwaja which some of you may know him if you're on LinkedIn. He's the 10-time intern guy <laughs> who's post-show up on the feed. You know, mashallah, super, super, he's super successful on LinkedIn. Uh, that's the only social media he's on. But, um, and because he does like, he does like internship tips because he's interned like all over the place, mashallah. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. So we spent like literally like an entire day together and he wanted to do like a hadith newsletter. Um, mm-hmm. So that's hadith.fy. He's running that Mondays and Thursdays. Him and his brother send out a hadith with like actionable advice about how to use it, whether you're in school, in work, or just at home. And then most recently I've launched, uh, I just made like a clean searchable ad-free web and mobile app for learning the 99 names of Allah called 99 Names. Uh, it's out there. I have to put out an update that's coming out this weekend. But yeah. Is those... that a mobile app as well or just a web app right now? It's it's cool. So I'm using this thing called Glide. Uh, it lets you make mobile apps that are actually saved as like shortcuts on your phone. So you don't have to install it through the app store. Um, oh, okay, you just like it. hit the share button and say like add to home screen and mm-hmm. it looks and it feels like a real app, but it's like, I don't have access to your microphone. I don't have access to your camera. You know what I mean? I'm not stealing your data. Um, <laughs> it's literally just like, you know, it's just a render of a spreadsheet with the 99 names in it. And you know, what's like great is one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the services that you've been put out, like I'm the, I'm a subscriber to a daily and I'm pretty sure the Hadith uh, newsletter as well. Um, and the 99 names, like right when you launched that and opened it, I immediately liked it over so many of the apps that I installed on like from the play store or whatever because so many of the islamic apps out there i don't know what it is but like just the ui is just so bad like the look is terrible it's really slow they try to like put so much stuff it's like supposed to be everything you ever need for islam like in one app it's like i just want something specific right that's why i really enjoy like the Quran app like the from the Quran.com people like it's open source it's really clean it gets the job done like every other app is like i'm basically like looking at like screenshots of like ground pages i'm like what is this <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I mean, kudos to them for, you know, the first stage of everything is obviously getting it online, right? Mm-hmm. So that was like web, you know, web like 1.0, right, where everything was coming online, right? Mail was turned into email, the typewriter was turned into like Microsoft Word, and then kind of the 2.0 of that was like, you know, getting things to be better, right? So like Microsoft Word turned into Google Docs, like, you know, collaborative Docs, right? Mm-hmm. The same way, I, like, you know, in the Islamic space, we've been lagging a little bit, like, you know, we, we were, we're still in 1.0. Like, we're still getting these things on the mobile apps. We're still getting them on websites and stuff like that. Um, and so, I mean, I have the skill set. I like doing it. Um, and people seem to like it. And it's a better use of my time and my skills. I mean, obviously, entertaining people is cool. 
mm-hmm. but it's it's very it's very fleeting right you get a lot of attention out of nowhere and then it kind of just dies down um, no definitely that makes a lot of sense especially because you know from what i've gotten from our conversation like today is that um, there's there's been the things that you know you say you're an artist and i see that more so within like the software products that you put out like you have like twitter you have tiktok you've gotten big on those but i feel for me like your art is really like the stuff that you've been putting out like do daily like the 99 names like the things that you really want to help like the umma with yeah and i mean it's it's also it, it also goes without saying that like if you help out enough people like you will make some money somewhere down the line right it's not it's not my main concern right now because you know, alhamdulillah, my bills are paid. I have a job and everything. Um, but to be able to do stuff like this for a living is the dream. Right? And obviously, it's something that, I mean, I'm sure you would love to do this podcast for a living. I'm sure everyone who's doing something on the side would like to do it for a living. Um, mm. And it's, I mean, look, it's not hot on to make money off of helping people, right? No, definitely. I mean, like, how do you think, like, Bayina makes money so that it can grow, right? Qalam mm-hmm. makes money so that it can grow, right? At some point, like, all these projects are going to have to bring in some money in order to grow you know, and help more people at scale. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I know there's a lot of like different ways to, I think, grow and like get money. I think definitely for the Muslim community, donation is something that we need to like strive to move away from. Like the donation model only goes so far. Like there's things like Patreon. There's so many ways to like subscribe to people that you enjoy um, and like really con- like give them money on like a consistent basis because that donation model is really kind of, just waiting to like kind of be broken because it's always begging people it's always like hey hey please donate to cover like the cost like we're at bare minimum whereas like a lot of people have moved more to like subscriptions and like really serving those who are able to like you know contribute and then also serving those who are aren't able to contribute but based off the people who have like subscribed and helped them out yeah and i'm, I'm just learning to navigate that as well right because i don't ever want to charge someone for a dua you yeah. know what i mean like the the information will always be free um, and you'll always get 90% of the value up front, 100% of the value up front, to be honest, with everything I make, right? Um, the things that I would lean, that I'm leaning more towards is like, okay, like what if Dua Daily, you know, sold a poster that had a Dua on it that, you know, mm-hmm. served as a piece of art, like, that, but also reminded you to say like the Dua when you walk into the house, right? Because that's like kind of the next thing I'm working towards that like I've noticed that like a lot of these like posters that have the Dua on them are kind of ugly. you can't read them uh (laughs) you can't read them or like they're super calligraphied out you know what i mean which is cool but it's not functional right so i guess kind of the next thing i'm exploring is like how to make functional art right like art that you know when you put something on your wall you do it because it looks good Mm -hmm. right now how do you make something that looks good and also you know brings you value in the form of like hey this is a dua right and it also brings me value because you know free hasanah right so it's like navigating that and learning to do that is kind of like the next kind of uh, iteration of where this is going but honestly i mean all of these products have such huge roadmaps as far as what they can do and what we can do with them and this is just the beginning and i'm just glad that i have the opportunity to like work on this stuff now humble man that sounds really amazing jazakallah care so much for coming on the uh, podcast today humble it's been a really awesome episode Tell the audience, you know, all your different social media, whatever, you know, things you want to plug right now. Yeah, I mean, follow me on everything at Imranye. Um, <laughs> that's that's Imran with a Y-E at the end, and it's pronounced Imranye, not Imranye. Like Imranye, like Kanye. Um, <laughs> on Instagram, Dora Daily has an Instagram. It's doradaily.fyi on Instagram, and the website is doradaily.fyi. If you want to learn more about all of Hassanat House's projects, you can check out hassanat.house. That's H-A-S-A-N-A-T dot house. 
I was really lucky to get the dot house domain. Um, I think that's everything I'm working on right now. I do have some merch, but I'm not really pushing that right now. So, <laughs> All right, for sure, for sure. We'll we'll push it on. You know, whenever we uh, publish the episode, no worries. Yeah, maybe we'll do a collab on merch, bro. You never know. No, for sure. Uh, well, humble Jazakallah care so much again. You know, Jazakallah care to the audience for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. As always, you can find me at zbhoy and at immtcast. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum, guys. <laughs>